it's rightly said by mr brian tracy that communication is a skill that you can learn it's like riding a bicycle or typing if you're willing to work at it you can rapidly improve the quality of every part of your life in my early teenage years i was a mischievous child but i was not confident enough to talk in front of 10 people but the guest for today has been the complete opposite ever since she is a porky personality who carries a compelling charm she is a radio jockey actor singer and a huge fan of roberto benigni so without wasting any more time let's welcome ms archana panya on the pod squad First of all thank you so much for being with us on this podcast and uh, ever before i knew that you were going to join us on this podcast i was mesmerized by the way you articulate each word with such precision so i wanted to know that have you been training since you were a child or uh, is it that the skill developed with time thank you for having me it's a wonderful pleasure to uh, be talking to somebody as young as you who's enthusiastic and wants to uh, get to know our stories but uh, no i've not been training if i was somebody who's articulate and well spoken i would have been somewhere else in my life today frankly i never participated in elocutions debates nothing uh, in fact uh, most people and even st- even till today i think most people are like what is she trying to say because i'm somebody who likes uh, non linear chat I like to like in one sentence go to three different places and come back because I find that funny and I find that more amusing and more more natural. Uh, it's it's tough for me to stick to a topic and you know um, deliver like I am giving you a specific line of thought. Um, hence, probably you know when you when you read books that uh, go into the mind of a child. Uh, they intrigue me more than anything else because you know their thoughts are all over the place uh, as far as diction is concerned i think i was fortunate enough to be surrounded by conversationalists whether it's my grandmother whether it was my father they indulged in conversations with me and also i was somebody uh, who liked imitating a lot okay so yeah. when i was watching movies or when i was actually uh, listening to songs i'm quite a parrot i used to love imitating the way they spoke so if i was watching a british sitcom i would want to like speak like them uh, you know uh, mind your language being one of them I, that i was growing up on um you know or whether it's uh, tom and jerry may uh, tom zona was be like what you doing tom you know like <laughs> you you want to just be somebody that you're not so uh, i think being a radio jockey uh, surely is has taught me that um, it's actually about trying to find yourself so that's what radio did for me because till i'm telling you till my college i never participated in anything to do with vocal skills except for singing because it was a something that i always loved doing um so i find it your first question is very interesting uh, though i did uh, i did join a voice over class because when i'd finished my graduation i'd watched the lion king and i said to myself I want to be the voice of you know a character, and that's where the dream for the voice world began. Um, also, if you're exposed to a medium like so, I grew up in Kuwait, uh, and for us, 
the only medium that we really connected to was the radio. So, you know, I've heard so much of radio that at some point, my best friend was like, when I used to say, okay, bye, see you, you know, we'll chat tomorrow. She'd be like, you know, you sound like those radio presenters, she would say. And I'd be like, you know, I never thought of that. And that was like, I, I mean, I remember that line because, you know, as a kid, I was treated as the youngest person in a joint family. And I was more chided than I was encouraged. So if anyone said anything that remotely sounded like a, a compliment, I would be like, I'll hang on to it, you know. <laughs> and also it was my best friend. So sometimes I feel like that memory is such a flash for me to remember so that I would know that it was things to come. Oh, and I must tell you how I trained myself. I used to pick up the phone and I used to wait for the ringtone to, to go away. Sorry, I belong to that era when we have had more landlines than we had cell phones. So I used to pick up the phone and wait for the, uh, you know, the call, the, the T sound to go. And then I would speak to myself. So I used to hear my voice on the handphone. And I still love it. So I was, I was pretty infatuated by my own voice. <laughs> to say the least. I went to a place called Indo-American uh, School. Where they kind of tried to teach us about resonance. And how to use your vocal cords. And how to speak deeper. I don't think that course did anything for me personally, but uh, it was amusing. I met some really cool people there. So, yeah. You yourself have mentioned that uh, your story has been quite similar to that of Airlift. So, could you please speak to us about how has your childhood been since then? So, you know, uh, Kuwait was where I was born. We saw the Gulf War. It was, to me in my head, uh, thanks to my upbringing and my parents, it felt like Roberto Benini's life is beautiful because mm-hmm. we didn't. I didn't feel the war around me. Uh, my dad, uh, parallelly to his work, he ran a video library, and we had lots of cassettes, video cassettes at home, and we would just keep watching movies after movies. We thought this is great. This is a vacation, and uh, in in Kuwait it gets really hot. It almost reaches fifty degrees. So we had summer vacations in June, July, August, and August is when Saddam Hussein decided to attack Kuwait. So I still remember me and my friend saying, oh, what an idiot. Had he, you know, like attacked in September, we would be so cool. You know, our our vacations would get extended. Little did we know our lives were going to change forever. So what you see in the film, of course, is a camp, which we didn't have to do. We, We left our homes, but we still had to escape, right? So we took a bus. I mean, luckily, Iraq and India's relations were really good. Otherwise, you know, obviously our parents were, I'm sure, at another level of stress. Uh, We escaped by uh, the road route. We took a bus. We hired a bus. And uh, my mother tells me tales about how it was, for us Hindus, it was uh, Navratri ka time. You know, this time of the year when you do Dandia and stuff. So it was our Navratras and it, Mm -hmm. it was their Ramzan. So my mother, who told the Muslim driver... She said, uh, listen, I've got you a sack of rice because we don't need it. Please take it from me as a gift. But please let me play my bhajan's cassette. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my mom was ballsy, you know. And uh, and then we had to enter into uh, the attacker's territory. So we went via Iraq. And uh, that's where, you know, I saw his clone coming at me and I realized, what is happening? You know, like to me, because I'm such a filmy person, I was like, wow, what is this adventure we're on? And then we were at the airport and how, you know, we, we 
had to fight and struggle for dollars because they weren't accepting any other currency. It was insane. It was insane. And I had just have two words. Uh, thank you. Thank you uh, for that moment. Thank you to my parents who in, in that kind of traumatic, you know, shift showed me how life is this. Life is always going to be uncertain. Hmm. You know, and being a Sindhi and them having had that past when uh, India and Pakistan got divided and today we're again uh, fighting for, you know, the, the, the presence of Sindh in our national anthem. I can tell you one thing, it's, that's the whole point. I, I remember in my college I told and I'd won myself Miss Vivekanan's title. I told my teacher, I said, I don't understand borders. I don't understand war. I don't understand how can we spend so much colossal amount of money on warrior fronts and, you know, on, on protecting so-called ourselves and not give that to human beings. I don't get it. And I still don't get it. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit moved by their rock solidness, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so airlift obviously meant a lot to us. And because, and you know, when people say, Ki, tum se ho and, kya? and as Sindhis, we don't really have, a, you know, a village or a hometown. And I know I was born in Kuwait. And to me, living 13 years over there is pretty much my life. Uh, you know, your, your childhood years are, the, are your foundation. And so then when you see Akshay Kumar, you know, paying tribute to it and how beautifully we were airlifted from there, it's amazing. It's a, it's a great feeling of how I feel India is such an exemplary example of great international relations. Yeah. And that's when you know that, uh, that we've really kept our heart in the right place in terms of, you know, having everybody on our side in that sense. So it, imagine, you know, you're in a war front. They were doing things to the Arabs like you can't even imagine. And we were such young girls. There were three of us, me, my sister, and my cousin. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't think we felt threatened by them at all because they were clearly told off, you know, that uh, nothing to do with the Indians. Yeah, so I know that you're fond of singing, you're fond of acting, and also having amazing communication skills. So how did the journey start of you being a radio jockey? So honestly, when I was watching and saying that, oh, I didn't become an actress, I always say, chal juti. In my head, that was what was going on. You know, but I swear when I say this, when I, after I became a radio jockey and, you know, it was quite a rage because this was when Private FM was breaking in in 2002. And I made some wonderful friends in radio, one of them being Rosalind, who you've also interviewed. And uh, I have to say this, that it was not in my plan at all. So I had done my web designing because my then boyfriend lived in the US and I said, okay, I don't like computers. I need to be friends with a computer. Now, how do I do this? I was great at my doodling skills. I thought I had this very marketing bent in my head of how, you know, I want to sell something or position something. So I thought to myself, hell, I can do this. You know, so I started uh, working as a web designer for a good two and a half, three years. I was a web designer and I thought I enjoyed it thoroughly. But then... I just realized I'm going to spend the rest of my life looking at updated softwares, Dreamweaver, Photoshop, what not you. And I was like, no, this is not where I want my life to be. You know, I want to be communicating with human beings. And luckily, uh, to to my good fortune, that boyfriend broke up with me. And most people thought, what? Somebody broke up with you? Like, how could that even happen? And this was like my childhood love, okay, which I felt I brought true because of the secret. I used to actually write letters to him and talk to him in my head 
uh, I mean, I wrote physical letters which never got posted because we separated after the war. But it wasn't like I was seeing him or anything like that. In my head, I was seeing him. So you can imagine what a what an imaginary world I've lived in, yeah. Hmm. So uh, what I mean to say is that uh, I was studying to go abroad because we broke up, and then I said, you know what? I don't want to waste my life with the computer. I want to do art. So I said, let's get a portfolio made. So I was taking pictures in Yewood Hills and Thane in Mumbai, and I was, you know, making, um, you know, clay struck clay pots and you know just doing some designing work and and uh, doing a lot of painting. So what happened was that two thousand two was when you know the private FM scene came, and my my teacher then who was teaching me how to make this portfolio and helping me paint. She said, "You're wasting your time. You, you know, you're clearly meant to talk. You talk so much. You should just go and audition for this radio station." And I was just being lazy about it as always because I'm a procrastinator. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'll see." It wasn't something that I had in my life plan at all, you know. And I was in fact scoffing her idea, saying, "Are you crazy? Like, why would I want to be a radio jockey?" And uh, little did I know, when I went to audition, there were like so many thousands of people around me who were, you know, trying and vying for this position. and that's when i saw how destiny can pan out for you sometimes you know like things you never planned but they are planned for you you know clearly mm-hmm. and uh, i saw some wonderful people like uh, some artists some makeup artists some designers some vjs who we know all of us know popularly even today and uh, i said mera to koi chance hi nahi hai because you know we were brought up in a very very cocooned environment i, I my exposure was very limited to the world I was getting excited just seeing people, all kinds of people, and some gay men, and you know, I was like, "Whoa, this is the real world. This is beautiful," and um, and and people have always excited me, and you know, have touched me, and that's one thing. That's probably the reason I am in the radio fraternity because radio requires at least the kind of radio that I I cater to. I don't do a late night show where you know I'm just talking away. you know and sharing some poetry and speaking to my listeners over the phone i need to interview celebrities i need to interview everyday people so yeah people is my thing and uh, as as i told you earlier i was actually quitting web designing because i was like i want to do i want to look at people i don't want to look at a you know like a screen and spend the rest of my life and then the audition worked and boom you know i got through i i think my life changed forever but for for all the people who aspire to be an rj and i'm guessing you're even one of them maybe because you know you're doing something which is uh the future of us radio jockeys frankly um the digital world but i think it's never an easy task because to like you said articulate yourself you know have some sense of clarity and realize that not everybody is is thinking or you know is understanding your wavelength and so hence you have to present yeah. and that's why radio is called the theater of the mind uh you know where you have to uh, where this conversation started pretty much where you said you know you speak so clearly and that is something i would totally credit to my medium because you know uh you have to be very very clear in what you're saying otherwise there's no point of you being there and uh i went on to do so many ivrs you know for very very big banking organizations and um financial organizations and still am doing them actually uh so i guess it, you know it paid off but at that point when i got through radio i wasn't sure i was like okay this seems like fun it's nice but 
and then i knew i probably had a gift that i wasn't even looking at which is i loved talking mm-hmm. i mean that i always did because when i was in school i used to get it in my report card all the time you know she's too talkative she's so capable too talkative <laughs> i keep thinking you know then i got p for punished and now i'm getting p for paisa for my <laughs> chat so yeah good for me that's amazing so with radio city 91.1 you had this opportunity to do takatak mumbai and candy class so how did acting in movies gather your way because we've also seen you act i i always feel that all human beings and this is what shakespeare said we're all actors we're all singers it's a different thing some people make a profession out of it yeah. you know when you're trying to patao your mother when you're a kid ki i want to go and stay in my friend's house you will put up an act you will manipulate you know you will do something that's not you so we're born with it all of us but yeah i think mere andar because i lived away from india and i was growing up in another country you and i i'm frankly very attracted to everything india very very attracted so whether it's our sense of you know love for the motherland or you know our farmers i've gone and farmed so many times um and i feel so fortunate that you know my job gives me a sense of uh, access to all kinds of things so amir khan runs a pani foundation under which he's kind of trying villages to become independent to have their own water uh we you know like where they can have their own small little river or something like that so i went to help and i wouldn't be able to do this if I, it weren't for radio uh but yeah the acting part of things is just something I've always had so the, so if somebody asked me what did you want to be when you were younger i would say a performer hmm. because uh in your play typically when you're playing as a child you can tell what this person wants to be and i was quite the not anki you know one day i wanted to dress up like my mom in a sari and you know behave like all grahani and i'm like you know bringing khana and bani <laughs> and being that person the other day i'm just like a rock star and i'm dancing in front of the mirror and i think that kind of gave way that i was always wanting to perform uh but movies wasn't something that i worked towards except for this one project uh, which was called jodakbar i'm sure you know about this movie yeah it had two of the most beautiful people in them which is ritik and ashwarya and i very fond of again the indianness uh that ashutosh goarekar depicts in his films they are again a huge canvas and they're just so more than just being beautiful they i think they're slightly intellectually stimulating while they're also you know they have this sense of humor about him uh, about his craft mm-hmm. and i was very keen to be a part of that project and because we you know we all watch hollywood and i was like you know some really big actors were probably sidekicks or you know like just a scene or two in really big productions so i said i shouldn't be shy of it and i was given the role of playing her best friend's role called nilakshi i love the name um but i said you know i'm fine with playing this sidekick and they kept saying 60% presence on screen because whenever rishwarya comes into the screen you are going to be next to her i said you know i love all of that but do i have any even do i have one line of significance even i'm if even if i'm saying jodha please marry akbar i'm fine but i have to say something you know i can't just come on screen and not because by then i was an rj and you know i was established i was a good 6 7 years into the radio industry and stuff um but i think the ad and uh, nobody could really give me that kind of assurance the only the only positive thing that happened to me was ashutosh sir sent me a personal note and said you know you have you have great talent and i hope there'll be more opportunities for you to tap into through and i just know i'm too lazy to kind of push myself there because i know when you're doing radio 
you're also parallelly doing a lot of live events you're also parallelly doing voiceovers and i do a lot of them and it's tough for you to then you know audition and and go after it so i've done about 8 tv commercials i'm fine about it uh for mcdonald's to fruity to no you know what name you but it was fun it's, and it's still fun cuz i still get calls for the same and it's it's very embarrassing when i'm getting calls for 20 to play 20 year old something when 20 year old something are being asked to play mothers so it's funny when i started off as a, not as a model but my first tv commercial i remember was uh, where i had to play a mother of two kids actually it was technically my second tv commercial but yeah uh but so anyway i just love the whole you know the whole thing of setup you having to get into character yeah. it's great fun it's who wouldn't want to act i mean i i find it very exciting and then luckily because of radio the station i was with earlier called radio mirchi they wanted me to play the role of me of being an rj and i was like wow this is my first official film scene and i'm playing myself how cool is that it was for a movie called milenge milenge and i was sitting next to karina kapoor So when I started saying, "Hey, you're you're Aksan Ray Archana go on Radio Mirchi," she goes, "Are you really an RJ?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know." <laughs> so it was quite a cute moment, and uh, yeah, thereafter I think life has just been an amazing journey. Like whenever I got an opportunity, so I think my last movie appearance was for Sanju, and uh, that was when Raj Kumar Hirani sir had come in to actually promote another film. uh i was he he and i were like totally jamming cuz he's sindhi like i obviously we love his work i don't know if you're such a fan but i am totally a fan of all his work i'm a fan too man yeah he's, he's been amazing all this while with all his movies they are like completely out of box yeah exactly they make you think right like they make yeah. they, they totally give you a stimulus for life so I, i'm looking at him he's amused with my energy and he's like I think I want to meet you. <laughs> you know, said so I said, sir, I don't know what you want to meet me, but I definitely want to meet you. And we all knew about Sanju, and it was in the papers and stuff. And I told him, I said, sir, I want to act for your film. So he goes, अरे सारे उसकी girl. I said, नहीं Sanju had some three hundred and eighty girlfriends I've heard. So I said, एक girlfriend तुम्हें बनी सकती हो. Because Ranbir Kapoor, man, again, you know, what an institution, like what a guy. And so he goes. नहीं एक्चुअली मैंने ना आठ गर्लफ्रेंड शूट कर ली है एंड आई थिंक दैट वी वुड हैव टाइम फॉर दोज आल्सो वी हैव टू कट सम ऑफ देम एंड दे एक्चुअली कट आउट सम फोर फाइव गर्लफ्रेंड्स दे हैड शॉट सो ही जस्ट सेड यू नो बट देयर इज दिस वन रोल ऑफ अ न्यूज एंकर बट व्हाई वुड यू वांट टू प्ले दैट आई सेड यू नो व्हाट व्हेन इट्स योर फिल्म एंड आई नो यू वुड मेक वन आफ्टर अ रियली लॉन्ग टाइम आफ्टर दिस वन सो आई डोंट माइंड व्हाटएवर सो आई वाज अमेज्ड दैट दिस मैन यू नो इज एंथूसियाज्म एंड आई सेड यू नो आई एम आई एम गोइंग टू डू इट एंड ही वाज लाइक ओके and my god the precision with which they direct their lines they don't they don't want to overshoot even a single word or a proposition because they be like nay they don't have that much time and you know their movies are usually lengthy and saying a lot so then it becomes tough for them on the edit table so i had to stick to my lines and uh, i was so touched because ranbir was there that day and i said you know listen go i would be so embarrassed to like you know deliver my lines in front of you and he said really really and it was in green screen and i was covered in all three sides he saw my shot and he messaged me later saying oh you're a one take artist it seems so i was like so embarrassed but yeah i think uh i am so grateful for even these small opportunities i i still feel like 
I have a lot of time. You know, unfortunately, I'm not somebody who feels old in my head, even though I know that we are chronologically growing older. But I just feel like, yeah, my time will come, my time will come, it's going to happen. So whatever little bit I've done, I've done a very interesting movie called Bombay Dia. It, it wasn't understood again, but I thought the language of that movie was pretty much like how I was in my head when I was 12. It was completely all over the place. And I had to again play myself in it. So I think somewhere radio has been the crux of it all. I, you know, I've had this access. I've got married to a boy. I got through radio. Like I said earlier, I got some of my coolest friends through radio. Mm. So I think radio doesn't want me to go for sure. Because uh, I had quit radio, by the way, at one point, thinking I'll pursue my singing. And then radio just called me right back, where I was actually witness to one of the most historical moments on radio, where Lata Mangeshkar ji walked into a radio station after some 25 years, because she just never visited a radio station for that long. You've always been a performer. And uh, what have been the best resources that have helped you along the way? I think just being observant, like... When you and I were in school, we had our teachers, you know, they were animated enough for us. If you we were just probably, the minute the teacher would walk off, I was imitating them, boss. You know, so that was my, my learning ground, I think. Uh, also, if you're somebody who uh, is sensitive, like I'm sensitive to music, so I'll respond to a sound. I want to dance, you know, I want to, like, if you're somebody who wants to express through everything that's provided to you, I... I think I look at life as a wonder. I There's a tree outside my window and I could just think, oh yeah, that's a tree. But I'd be like, wow, that tree <laughs> must have been a jungle someday. You know, so I make my own world in my head and I will amuse myself and I will... But to me, that's a way of keeping your emotional, sensitive being alive. What happens to most of us is we just look at life as drudgery or mundane and... Like, you know, everybody is just whatever. But I think what I mean is I, I I like I like to respond or to involve or to engage and to feel for just about everything I touch upon. And uh, I think to be a performer, you have to be pretty much that. Because if, if I were asked to, and I, I'm telling you, I'm very inspired by uh, Alia Bhatt's performance in Urta Punjab because... I don't think that girl has seen a day of being poor, you know, not having resources. And then for her to play that role, oh my God. So I realized that the performer in all of us, and I, I truly believe what I'm about to say, is is there. We're just unfortunate enough to not have people who sensitized us enough. So I think if I had to credit anybody for it, it would be my parents. My mom was a fab singer. You know, great communicator. My dad was pretty much hugging anyone and everyone who came his way and still does. So I think when you see people spreading love, cheer, being positive, you're more receptive. You know, as opposed to you being like, ah, people are so bad. You know, like you wouldn't, then you wouldn't want to engage, interact, in, indulge. You know, and you're always looking at things with an eye of um, caution or doubt. My biggest negative is that many a times when my sound engineer is telling me, can you give this take like that, you know, whether it's for a television commercial or whether it's an, an, in radio, hmm. I'm, I'm sometimes in my head, I'm like wanting to say it just the way I want to say it. You know, so I'm a bit obstinate. I don't think I sometimes know how to empty my vessel and just take a cue. And that is something I so want to learn because I, I also want to sing. 
and sometimes you know when you want to sing and somebody is is you know is directing you and like can you do this in this way and there's something that stops me from it and i need to kind of get rid of that block also i think being a spiritualist has helped because somewhere you know you want to open up your life experiences and not be stuck where you are and i know i'm too lazy right now so i'm i mean even though i'm like talking about 16 things more that i want to do in my life beyond radio i've just managed to just touch it and come back you know yeah. so i'm hoping for the best cross fingers so like we all do have that important phase in our life which which you know really impacts us how we behave and uh, as a human being yeah so what has your most important phase of life been and how was life before that and how has life changed after that i think like i mentioned once that you know when you when you responded to any tragedy uh, in a way that you used it in your spirit like when we came back from kuwait and typically people are like oh foreign returned you know back then india was very like that are bahar se aaye doot ki jaise safed hai and god knows what all comments people used to maro and some used to obviously be nasty as well because they'd be like abhi kyu aaye wapas you know why did she have to come back now like she you know she didn't care for this country and whatever mm-hmm. so i got all kinds of but i i always looked at them giving me that love and attention despite those you know snides and i think when you face any any tragedy with a sense of you know this is going to change my life is going to change i'm going to go on another route and 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 you you just wait for the sunshine and not pay attention to the so called uh, you know the 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 tragic moment that you're experiencing at that point i think that transforms you big time yeah. when you use all of that pent up energy and you channelize it into something so one was of course when i came back from kuwait because i saw a huge shift in my life it's not like i didn't complain as a kid you know like i don't like this you know school it doesn't have good toilets or i mean i was just being a brat uh but i know at some point i i was using it on my own stride as well i was keeping my eyes open to the positives as well and i think the second was uh, when my heart broke you know like my first love i mean i i loved that guy since i was a child and for me that was it this is it i'm going to be mrs bhatia like i had given myself that aim you know it was like a big thing in my life and when that happened i don't know it's a horrible thing and i don't encourage anyone who's listening to this to be like that but it kind of gave me a reason to become something because when you as a woman especially uh, i'm sure you'd understand that like, let go of your surname and you know your life and times and you are ready to just become someone's wife mm-hmm. and and that becomes your identity more than who you are um i think at some level that that was a big shift in my personality where then i started you know really living for myself and doing things that i really really cared about uh of course there would be many many moments even beyond that but i i mean these are the two very very life uh altering moments that kind of define who i've become now and uh and so it, it just teaches me one thing that nothing i mean nothing is permanent and nothing is forever and the only thing that is forever is you yourself and your you know the kind of company you are in which is you yourself yeah so if you're like you know they say it's very famous right like if you're not happy sitting alone then you're in bad company and i think that is something we all need to learn 
you know it's not just about self love or being obsessed about yourself or you know not vanity but just being complete in yourself mm-hmm. and not to say oh my god if i don't have this person or that thing in my life i'll be broken you know yeah so okay. yeah what has your life purpose been like what's the ikigai of your life i just hope i don't forget what i was born with i was born with this insane laughter which i still have thank god for it and i i i feel i was here i was meant i mean i feel i still feel i i meant to tell people to take them back to their heart to their heart purpose the heart purpose is to love and be loved and that's one thing i know when you know when people were in my presence because i just love people the way they are i i it's very rare for me maybe when i was trying to discipline some kids who because i i'm a, i think the motherly side of me is for sure very very uh, strong uh, my instincts would kick in and i would want them to you know alter themselves for their better but overall when i when i experience any human being i just want to observe them and and accept them and love them for what they are as opposed to saying you know what if you were like this wouldn't it be better i would rarely do that to someone and i think that's where i want to be like the unconditionality of how love is supposed to be i think that to me is my purpose to spread that love so whether i'm singing whether i'm performing whether i'm talking on the radio or like you know i spoke to manoj bajpai yesterday he's just done a rap in bhojpuri and he said something beautiful which we all maybe do in some small ways but you know he said do something for others it will always enrich your own life Mm-hmm. and like so he's obviously making a lot of people independent right now or you know post covid especially our artisans and our farmers and people who are looking for alternative ways and means of living and uh, i said so you know some of us don't know how to because we feel oh if we are giving money here do they really need the money is it going to the right place you know we're always like so doubtful about our so called uh, philanthropy uh, acts so he goes he said nahi but अगर आप किसी से अच्छे से बात भी कर लोगे ना तो वो भी आप एक तरीके से उनके लिए कुछ कर रहे एंड दैट इज समथिंग आई एम नोन फॉर लाइक इन माय ऑफिस द ऑफिस बॉयज एंड देयर ऑल माय फ्रेंड्स सो आई थिंक इट्स इट्स आई एम नॉट सेइंग इट्स रेयर आई एम नॉट सेइंग इट्स नॉट समथिंग वी ऑल डू बट आई थिंक आई हैव द प्लेस ऑफ पोजीशन एंड थैंक्स टू इंस्टाग्राम दीस डेज यू नो इट्स लिटरली लाइक यू आर नॉट मार्केटिंग बट यू आर प्रमोटिंग योर एक्शंस एंड यू आर होपिंग दैट पीपल विल टेक अ क्यू फ्रॉम दैट and my cue is only this today you you may be rich tomorrow you may be poor today you may be famous tomorrow you may be a nobody the only thing that does is not changing is your loving it on yourself if that is in place you would never have to depend on money status fame to be you know uh, someone or you know you like you feel desperate enough to be someone yeah because then that defines all of us and uh, yeah that is my ikigai if that makes sense because i haven't read that book and i know everyone everyone posts about it and you know when you ask me i was like wow this this is such a profound question <laughs> but i know this is my purpose yes if you have a message for all our audiences all the aspiring media professionals what would it be so i think uh, with all that we've been seeing especially recently vikas uh, there is just way too much information being thrown at us whether it's google whether it's the the news channels whether it's you know our in shorts all of us are fed 
so much information. I think my only message to anyone who wants to be part of media is try and dig in deep into your own voice on your individualistic voice because what will set you apart from everyone else in your communication whether you, you know you are you are a journalist whether you are a television presenter whether you're an actor whether you're a singer is how unique are you yeah. you know sometimes we're trying so hard to be what is successful we forget what is our own definition of being happy you know normal successful and balance i actually thought of this word this morning I, I, like i personally love being ott for everything hasna hai to bahut zor se hasna hai you know chillana hai which is very rare i know it by must be happening like two times in a year it's a it's a national event sorry annual event and it's just like then i want to just scream but you know doing anything over is just when you're in imbalance it can just take so much away from you and your life yes. and who knows even some golden opportunities so just be balanced and find your unique self cuz that will sell like nothing else will you know i i know i i've mentioned this gentleman twice but i can never get over and it actually brings tears of joy to me how roberto benini celebrated his oscar i can never get over it you know he walked on chairs yeah. yeah i think he practically walked on some people's heads i don't know and he went on to the stage and he said i want to make love to all of you in an open field and i was like what like what did he just say <laughs> you know i think the kind of impact originality can be on you nothing can so yeah be your unique self don't have to be you know you don't have to be outrageous to be unique you just have to be yourself it's tough it's tough because we are constantly being like i said bombarded with a lot of imaging and a lot of you know sitcoms and so many things of course i could be a part of many people of my life like my brother or my cousins or whoever but doesn't mean i can't be my own original self while i'm borrowed in some ways you know so yeah. if that makes sense right so that was indeed an amazing time with you and you've been truly inspiring to us to me especially and i'm sure our audiences would have a bunch of things to take along with them so once again thank you so much thank you for listening to me and thank you for being patient with my never ending stories it's been truly a pleasure thank you